This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I, I did read one of the Met concerns was Edwin Diaz, that they do not want Edwin Diaz pitching back-to-back days, and that's certainly a possibility in the WBC. I come with you with good news. If you've analyzed the World Baseball Classic schedule, which I have not done, I would never do such a thing, there aren't a lot of opportunities for him to pitch back-to-back days. The WBC is not. Boom, 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 boom. Boy, it's not every, every single day. And there's some really bad teams in the early groupings. So massive blowouts. For example, Team USA is playing Great Britain in their first World Baseball Classic game. World Great Britain? What? I mean, USA should beat the crap out of them, 18 nothing. It shouldn't be a contest. So there will be t- games, hopefully, where... They're not going to need Edwin Diaz, but here's the negative. Here's the problem with all this. Edwin Diaz, of course, Puerto Rican. He's on the team Puerto Rico World Baseball Classic team, a team who has a legitimate chance to go on a run. We have to trust the manager. We have to trust the manager of the World Baseball Classic Puerto Rico team because they're the ones who decide how much Edwin's can pitch, how how much, how often Edwin's going to pitch. Buck Showalter may make suggestions, but it's the manager who decides. And we all hate the manager of Team Puerto Rico. We all think he's a scumbag. We are, ah, Scumbag's too harsh. I take that back. He's not a bad guy. He's just a villain. The manager of Team Puerto Rico in the WBC is Yadier Molina. No one can trust him. Nobody can trust that Yadi. But hopefully Edwin Diaz doesn't pitch too much. <laughs> That's all. That's all you could say. But what could you do? A lot of teams are dealing with how, this. How, how did he get the job of a manager already? He, didn't he just retire? Because he's Yachty bleeping Molina. He's a god uh, in Puerto Rico. I'll, I'll never forget. Puerto Rico advanced to the WBC finals against the DR. Okay, They placed, they played each other in the, the World Baseball Classic finals. I'm trying to remember what year because... I forget which years the WBC are. I know it was 06. I think it was 06, 9, 13, 17, and now 23. So let's say 2013. uh, The first one was Cuba, Japan. The second one was Japan, Korea. I think the third one was DR, Puerto Rico. Finals I'm talking about. And then USA beat Japan five years ago. So that's your history of the world baseball classic. You got to fact check me on that. I'm not that confident, but I'm pretty sure that was the finals. Uh, Cuba lost to Japan in 06. Japan beat Korea for back-to-back titles in 09 at Dodger stadium. DRB Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico beat DR. I don't know who won. I think DRB Puerto Rico. You better fact check me on this. I'm going to piss a lot of people off. 
And then USA beat Japan. I remember that in 2017, 2018, whatever year that was. So it's Puerto Rico against the Dominican. And I think Puerto Rico had some kind of dramatic victory to get there. And Yachty was asked about it. And Yachty Molina, and this sort of pissed me off, but then I respected it. I was very mixed about it. Yachty or Molina says, this moment is bigger than any baseball moment I've ever had, including hitting the game-winning home run in Game 7 of the 06 NLCS. And I paused when I first heard that, and I was like, Al, go F yourself. It's the NLCS against my team. That's supposed to be your best moment. Then I realized, well, you know, I respect that. Guy really loves playing for uh, Puerto Rico. Guy loves playing in the WBC. It shows that even though I may not get into the event as much, or you may not get into the event that much, it shows that Yachty's into that event. And a lot of people are into that event. So Yachty takes Puerto Rico and the WBC very seriously. That's the only reason I told that story. I was just defending why he's the, why he's the manager of the team. So Tim Britton wrote this great piece in The Athletic on Thursday. And people think I have too much time on my hands. Tim Britton was able to break down, looking at the Mets' schedule, how often it would behoove them to use a six-man rotation. I have mentioned many times, I'd go six-man right out the gate. I wouldn't F around. You have enough pitchers. You got veterans all over the place. We talked about how old this rotation is. Senga, who's not old, is getting used to the adjustment of being in a five-man rotation. So I've been a, comp- a proponent of doing it all year. Tim Britton lays out with great reporting and talking to the Mets that their plan is to institute six-mans at points during the season. So, for example, starting on April 20, 25th, the Mets play 26 games in 27 days. That would be a stretch of time where, based on the schedule, Mets go six-man. From August 1st, Through August, they play 22 games in 23 days. That would be another period of time to institute a six-man rotation. And then in September, they play 17 straight games. Another time to implement a six-man rotation. What's awesome but also obvious is that we can plan and Tim Britton can lay out a plan and Buck Showalter can lay out a plan all you want. There are so many factors that can F with that plan. Obviously injuries. That goes without saying. Number two, guys being ineffective or guys being really effective. Or rainouts. You know, we the, this schedule that we just cited could look very, very different. The Mets open the season with no rainouts because they're playing in two domes. But over the stretch of the season, you never know when a doubleheader gets added. You never know when games are rained out. But it does make sense, in theory, especially with Verlander and Scherzer, that you find time throughout a season to get these guys extra rest. And we went over these numbers not too long ago. I guess it was a few Ricos ago about how both guys have fared with an extra day. And they've been great. They, they've been fine. It's funny, because of off days in baseball, because of rainouts, you're pitching with an extra day of rest more times than not. It's not as if when you pitch with five days rest, which is an extra day of rest, obviously, that it's a rare occurrence. That's actually the most common thing you're going to do. Where you run into trouble, as Britton points out, you run into trouble when you have seven days and eight days, and it becomes a longer stretch of time. 
So the Mets are going to meticulously plan this thing out. The baseball gods will laugh at them because things will occur, like Jose Quintana feeling soreness in his sides that change everything. But it's clear. The Mets have to be careful with these veterans that they have. And, and what's great, sort of great, is that you've got guys who deserve an opportunity. David Peterson deserves to be able to make 15 starts this year, maybe more. And he probably will make more based on injuries to other guys. Even Tyler McGill deserves that opportunity. Joey Lucchese, removed from Tommy John surgery, is going to deserve that opportunity. So even if we're struck with bad luck, bad injury luck, I think the Mets are equipped to deal with it. And that's not something I would have said three, four years ago with the rotation depth that they have. I, I like their rotation depth. It's not perfect, but I like it. Who is the guy, though, on the 26-man roster who cleans up the mess if a starting pitcher craps the bed? Last year, Trevor Williams had that role. Who has that role this year? It's not going to be David Peterson, who would clearly be their best option because they want him starting every five days in the minor leagues. Is it Tyler McGill? Probably not for the same exact reason. Is it Joey Lucchese? Probably not. That's why I leaned when we made these roster predictions to LSR Hernandez, because he's probably a guy who you have on the major league roster, cleans up a mess of a starter, gets pounded, and you're not as committed to needing him to pitch every five days down at AAA. But that's a big spot, man. It really is, because that kind of stuff happens more times than you can plan, more times than you realize. Look back at last year. It wasn't always just a guy having a bad start that led to your long man coming in early. Taiwan Walker left early with an injury a couple of times. Carlos Carrasco left early with an injury a couple of times. And you need someone to come in and kind of save the day. So that's a very, very important role that's still being battled upon here in spring training. As you watch these games, though, keep this in mind. Winning and losing means nothing. Okay? It means nothing. I went back and looked at the history of this franchise and how they've done in spring training. And I wish I could give you some, like, grand conclusion I've come up with. Like, all right, you go 15 and 15, it's perfect. That guarantee. Nothing means anything. Like 1962, they were 12 and 15, which is respectable. Then they went out and had the worst team ever. 1963, they were 15 and 12. Not bad. They sucked. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 
1968, they were 9-18. and 18. Okay, they were pretty terrible. The 1969 Mets went 14-10. and 10. So reasonable record. Uh, the 73 team that won the pennant went 11-13. and 13, So they were under 500. The 86 team, greatest Met team we've ever had. 13-13-1. They had a 500 season. We were very good in 1988. A year they won the division, 19 and 10. Uh, let's see. 1993, the worst team money could buy, 15 and 14. 1996, a 90-loss season, 16 and 12. 2000, we won the pennant, 14 and 12. 1999, 15 and 16. This is it, it, it means nothing. <laughs> The conclusion I've come up with is it means nothing. If I had to come up with any conclusion, actually, you know what? I'll give you one. When you're slightly above average, that's a good spring training. You know, when you're you're good, you're not too good, that could mean you're about to have some success in the regular season. You know, 2006, 16 and 14. That's the sweet spot. That's That's where you want to be. Just a little bit above 500. So I guess that's what we're rooting for. You know, we don't want to win too much. We want to win just a little bit. Get get the taste of wins. But you don't want to waste these W's in March. That's what I've learned from this. So so don't chase the vision in spring. Got it. Yes. Don't, don't, and the Do training, right? Yeah. Don't chase it. Means nothing. The the best example I could come up with, it's not even in baseball, it's in the NFL, was the Browning Nagel year. The Jets went five and zero. Oh. Browning Nagel looked like he was freaking Johnny and Nitus, and I think they Jets followed up with a three and thirteen season. So they won more games in the preseason than they did spring training. <laughs> so you know what you can do with the spring training record? You can wipe the floor with it. I did come up with the answer though to the question. Do you remember what the question was last week, Pete? That I needed to answer. Oh yes. Uh, what is your record at games you attended? So. I want to make something clear. I do not have the record, but I have the amount of games. I can give you that answer. And while I may be off by one or two, because you never know, my, my chart keeping that I've done over the years, cards subject to change. There can always be a mistake. So I've added up. Here are the numbers I have. I'll give you the information. I got the amount of games I've been to at City Field, the amount of games I've been to at Chase Stadium. So we can add that up for the amount of Met games I've been to. And then the amount of games I've scored. I do have that list. Every game I've ever scored, and that includes spring training, regular season, WBC, postseason. And it's not that crazy, by the way. For anyone listening, oh, this guy's freaking. You know what? I count at the end of the year how many games I scored, and I freaking write it down. That's it. Then all I do is add up the numbers. Ain't that complicated? And I started it at a young enough age, Pete, where it's not like I was doing all this work later in life. Like, I'd say 1998. I started saying, hey, I should count how many games I scored this year. And I wrote it down. And you keep adding it up, and we have a total number. So, do you want to guess, Pete? <laughs> um. Okay, so we're going back to what was your first game you went to and scored? So, the first game I scored was back in 1992. I started scoring games in 1992. I was eight years old. Um, so figure 92, 02, 
12, 22. That's 30-plus years, 30 years of scoring games. All right. I feel like I'm going to be very under here, but 700. Oh, come on. 700? Way under. (laughs) Pete, in 2009, I scored 209 games, which is a record, by the way. 209 games <laughs> in 2009? In 2009, I scored 209 games. So you're not close. Put it that way. 700. Jesus. So those, so we're talking not just Mets games then. You're talking about. Yeah. W- w- when we're looking at the amount of games I've scored, it's everything. You know, it's, it's every. I'll give you the answer. So I've been scoring games for 30 years. This is going to be my 32nd year of scoring. So. I got the number. Let me divide it by 30 to see what I'm averaging per year. It's not that high of an average per year. It's not 200, that's for sure. Uh, I have scored 2,599 games in my life. Holy my God. Which, if you divide it by 30, <laughs> is 87 games a year. It's not that crazy. And I, By the way, I kill that every year. I think last year I scored about 140 games. That'd be my guess. About a buck 40. That is, I mean, God bless you. I I don't even I have trouble scoring my kids' game, like my little league <laughs> game. But like those go six, seven innings max. Ugh. I get you. So at City Field, I I don't have a record. I apologize, but I'll tell you the total number. Uh, park opened in two thousand nine, so we're in two thousand twenty three. Twenty twenty a throwout. So how many years of City Field could I have been to at games? 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 21, 22. So that's 13 years, right? I think that's what I came up with. Yeah. So um, yeah, I just want to see how this averages out. Eh, that's reasonable. I've been to 492 games at City Field. 11 of them postseason games. All 11 postseason games. Because that's all they've played, if my math is correct. You've got... The two against the Dodgers, the two against the Cubs, the three against the Royals, which is seven, the one against San Francisco, which is eight, and then obviously the three they just played against San Diego, 11. So 492 games at City Field and at Chase Stadium, 837. So I got a lot of work to do to catch up to Chase Stadium. So if you add that up, 837 plus 492. I've been to 1,329 Met games. And if each game is three hours, that's 3,987 hours. And if you divide that by 24, I've spent 166 days at City Field slash Shea Stadium. What the hell have I done with my life? Well, okay, I should share this question, though. You do have a milestone coming up in eight games. Oh my 500th game field. at City. Yeah. How are you going how are you going to celebrate that? It's a great question. I should have a big party. <laughs> you really should. I mean, they the Mets should have a party for you. I know. They should <laughs> celebrate me all the money I've handed over to them for 15 years. <laughs> so, uh, those st- numbers, I would love to give you a win-loss record. I'd love to. I don't even know how I go about doing that. I'd have to like fa- that would be work. You know, Having these numbers isn't work because I've always kind of collected it over the years. But to go back on the 492 games at City Field and see their record, that'd be a lot of work. But I'll, I'll make you a guess. 
it's probably right around 500. That'd be my guess. Like it's probably average, I think. Because think about it, and not just the years at Shea, but certainly the years at City. The Mets have had more bad years than good years. We've had some good years, but but think about the City Field era. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. The first six years under 500. Right off the top. Some of them further under 500 than others. But right off the top, the first six years at City Field under 500. 15 and 16, ooh, an anomaly above 500, right? 17 and 18, back under 500. So eight of the first 10 seasons at City Field, they finished under 500. 2020, we weren't there, but... Under 500. 2021, under 500. (laughs) And then obviously last year, 101 wins. So if my math is correct on that, that would mean the Mets have had 10 losing seasons and only four winning seasons in the 14 years of the City Field era? Think about that. That's that's freaking insane. 15, 16, 19, and 22. That's it. The rest of it, Pete. They've been an under 500 baseball team in the city field era. And you wonder why Mets fans are so upset at life. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Not right. I mean, this is why we're negative. <laughs> For that reason. I, that's it. I, yeah. Well, listen, that's why I thank God Steve Cohen's here. That's all it comes down to is things are turning. I, I, I still feel well, that way. If the Mets have a winning season this year, which they better – that would be back-to-back winning seasons, which is something they have not had since 15 and 16. And before that, 7 and 8, 6, 7 and 8, 5, 6, 7 and 8, I guess. So back-to-back winning seasons is a rarity. Obviously, back-to-back playoff seasons is a rarity. We've only seen that twice in the franchise's history. So, yeah. So my record at Chase Stadium is not good, and my record at City Field is not good. Uh, 11 playoff games at City, 19 at Chase Stadium. So that's 30 playoff games. Hopefully we can really increase that number in 2023. Any thoughts, comments, or worries about the Mets? Of course, you can email us, thericob at gmail.com. Uh, next time on the Rico, obviously more on everything going on in spring training and some thoughts and a debate on radical realignment. It's something I have feared my entire life, and I'll lay out all the reasons why it sucks. But if you love it and you want it, Obviously, we will hear your side as well. We appreciate you listening. I'll be with Craig throughout the week at 2 o'clock. Pete Hoffman with Tiki and Tierney. Thank you for listening and downloading Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. 